Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Broken Records, the search for the worst album ever made, part of the Riot Act Podcast Network. And if you recognise my voice, yes, it is me, you're right, it's me, Stephen Hill from the Riot Act Podcast, and it's him, also from the Riot Act Podcast, Mr. Renfrey Deadman. Renfrey, hello, Steve. how are you doing? I'm very, very well, I'm hello, very excited. Hello. Very, very excited to be launching this, um, and uh, yeah. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm I'm good, mate. I think we should just crack straight on with this, really, shouldn't we? Because mm. people want to know. Feels like people who are familiar with the idea have been excited to get this back as its own podcast, which will explain where the origins of this podcast came from and what exactly it is. We've had some lovely responses. Don't mm. so thank you. Yeah, who don't even don't even know what it is quite yet so mm. um you know they're just think the idea is good the idea as i said for this podcast essentially is for renfrey and i to sit down every week and to discuss an album an album which is for whatever reason thought of as one of the worst albums ever made now I want to say before we get going, just to set out some ground rules straight away in episode one. This is not me and Renfrey going, here's our record collection, here's stuff we've heard or seen on telly that we hate and we're going to slag it off and take the piss out of it. That is not what this podcast is about. We have compiled a list from all over the place, from Metacritic and the various metacritic scores uh, the various, various aggregate, reviews yeah the various aggregate websites yeah. is uh, their official title i believe yeah so if an album has an incredibly poor score on metacritic from its critical response we will include include it if it is notorious in some way for being a bad record due to the circumstances surrounding it mm. then it will get included if it is notorious due to the aftermath of what happened to mm. that record say for example the band split up or the band members did something a little bit naughty then potentially it will get put onto the list as well if the Some, fans sometimes the and the band like some, it sometimes Sorry, a lot sometimes a lot a bit naughty let's let's not beat around the bush <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah 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 some very naughty people that we're going to be talking about yeah. um sometimes the record was uh accepted by the critics and accepted by the band but the fan base turned on it the fan mm. base hated it and despised it uh sometimes you know, we put out a tweet on our basically all of our social media channels and if you are someone who suggested a record alongside 10 or 15 of your peers then we thought well you know there's probably good grounds for us to at least investigate this record so if you suggested it it might have gone in as well if it was a record which was misunderstood at the time and years and years down the line it was so ahead of its time that it was people didn't know what to make of it um even now an album like i mean the obvious one that goes to my head ram by paul mccartney mm-hmm. is on the list mm-hmm. that is now considered a classic record mm-hmm. at the time it was considered a disaster mm-hmm. it is on the list so basically there are lots of different shades and variants to the types of albums that we will be talking about 
on this podcast and deciding um you know whereabouts they rank in a list of bad bad records but ultimately come the end of this podcast some 150 160 episodes down the line we think we will have listened to enough of the most notoriously bad music to be able to proclaim the single worst album ever made that's the plan right renfrey that is the plan yeah uh and it's a heck of a process uh it's as as people who review music uh every week uh, it's become a very interesting exercise in learning what truly bad music actually is i think it's mm. extended our parameters in terms of you know when i called i don't know that last whatever album terrible I probably was being very, very harsh when you compare it to, say, I don't know, Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core, for example, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it really does yeah, give I mean, you perspective it, doing this. Goodness me. It does. If you're one of those people who have said, are oh, Coldplay are the worst band of all time, exactly. Coldplay are a million miles away from the sort of stuff that we're going to be talking about on this list. Oh, yeah. Although there are some outliers, as I said. So um, basically... What you're about to hear is episode one of the podcast, which kind of confusingly is actually already been aired as episode 77 of Riot Act. Now, we decided as our weekly uh, review show, Riot Act, which you should go over and listen to. Um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast. We do classic albums. We do albums for you to suggest. And every week we review pretty much what we think are the best albums reviewed this week. So we're a pretty positive podcast these days overall, aren't we, Renfrew? More often than not, um, yeah. Most of the stuff we don't like, we just ignore these days. Mm, yeah. So, But we did feel like we needed a little bit of an outlet to, to vent at some point. Now, um, we used to do something, even before this was a, a segment on the show, we used to do something on our show called Trade Off, where every week I would give Renfrey an album that he'd never heard before, and he would give me an album that I had never heard before, and we would go away and we would listen to those records, and then we would come back and we would have some sort of discussion about said record. Now, on episode 77 of Riot Act, the 24th of January 2020, um... I gave Renfrey the Enemy's third album, Streets in the Sky, which was released in 2012. That's the album that we're going to be talking about here on episode one um, as part of Trade Off. It wasn't actually part of Broken Records. But the reason I picked that record is because of its very, very negative reviews that it had. Mm. And I wanted to see, I just wanted to give you something which has got really, really negative reviews. Mm. And it kind of spawned the idea for us to go... Well, if that got really bad reviews, what else has been reviewed badly? And what actually is the worst album ever made? Because people say The Enemy is the worst album ever made. What actually is the worst album ever, ever made? And the week after that, we introduced this kind of chart-placing-based thing and introduced Broken Records as a segment on Riot Act. And so much did we like it, and so much did we want to dedicate time to it, that we have decided to give it its own podcast, which is what you're listening to now. So, the first 28 episodes that you're going to hear of this podcast are episodes that have been taken from previous episodes of Riot Act. If you want to go back and listen to them, you can. If you're new here, hello. You can go back and listen to all of the things in full if you want, or you can just go, fuck it, I'm not interested in your new reviews. I just want to hear you going in on these really, really bad records. That's fine. Which is fine. Um, That's fine. That's absolutely fine. So basically, what you will hear for the first sort of 28 episodes will be stuff that is already available on Right Act. But we've already recorded a few um, brand, brand new, new ones. Yeah. Completely 
unique to this platform podcast for broken records and we will be continuing on i think we're i think we're only 30 in so far so there's a long 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 way to go and there's a lot of bad records out there mm-hmm. um but that's what it is so uh yeah that's that's the show i suppose we should just throw over to ourselves now and get this episode cracking right shouldn't we unless you've got anything else you want to add renfrey no i don't think so i think you've covered everything very astutely there steve well done um so yeah do you want to throw over to yourself i do yes this is me and renfrey talking on the kind of the 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 i guess the um the the tr- oh my god i've lost my 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 word that i was going to say now that what what's a tree the nug not the nugget you don't plant a nugget and it grows a tree An acorn the the acorn that grew into the tree mm. that is broken records this is where we're going now back to me as part of trade-off giving remfrey the enemy's streets in the sky here it is thanks for listening <laughs> We're going to start with the enemy, I think. Are we? Okay. Yeah, we have to, really, don't we? Yeah. Uh, last week, I gave you Streets in the Sky by The Enemy, which was released on the 21st of May 2012, the third album from the Coventry-based indie rockers. Um, the Enemy, Renfrey. Uh We have spoken a little bit about the mid-noughties indie landfill thing that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Um, the Enemy be kind of kept, became a, a big band after the release of 2007's We'll Live and Die in This Town. Yeah. Um, that was, kind a, that of, was a debut, right? That was a debut yeah. record. Went to number one in the charts. Right. Um, they were kind of tipped to basically be the big next indie lad band of choice. Mm-hmm. The next sort of FF, XFM core band. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, they're going to be following the footsteps of Kasabian, the Libertines, Oasis all that right yeah went into number one they supported oasis they supported kasabian supported the manics supported stereophonics they supported the fucking rolling stones Fuck. at their o2 shows right that's a big deal that's know. huge so that's mad to be playing with the rolling stones yeah um all of those bands you mentioned maybe bar rolling stones definitely clearly influences on this band yeah i would say so um yeah even the manics and their yeah more bloated period yeah. yeah um the critics never really loved the enemy no. but they were doing all right and i would say for what it's worth there are some quite good songs on we'll live and die in this town okay. i saw the enemy do um do you remember the 2000 and so it would have been when this record came out the 2012 olympics at high park they used to show uh them on big screens and everyone would just was free to just go into high park and watch the olympics on big screens mm-hmm. and then bands would play afterwards and i saw feeder there uh, oh, nice. in high park and i saw the enemy there once and i went down there as well all oh, right and the title track of that and there's some aggro I, there's some there's some pretty good songs on that first record albeit pretty kind of basic yeah. lad pub rock yeah you know um fast forward five years and the musical climate I would say probably due to a lot of the artless cack most of those mid-noughties indie bands are putting out was now dominated by hip-hop and big um, transatlantic female pop stars or big pop stars. Um, And this particular brand of, you know, bucket-hatted rock and roll (laughs) suddenly became deeply, deeply uncool. So thusly, along comes Streets in the Sky, reviewed incredibly negatively in fact it is the fourth worst album of all time according to any decent music which is a aggregate score website for reviews 
Um, the only things above it are Viva Brothers' debut album, don't know what that is, Miley Cyrus's Can't Be Tamed, and Chris Brown's Fortune are one, two, and three worst albums, okay. respectively. Um, I read some of the reviews. Don't know if you had the, a chance to read some uh, of these reviews. I, 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 for, for the reviews alone, I am so glad you brought this in <laughs> because some of the best music criticism I have ever read has yeah. been in regards to this record. I think the key thing with this album is it's real. Like I, I, I'm going to confess here, I I would have been stumped reviewing this record because I always find that the hardest albums to review are the really bland ones where there's just nothing going on. There's no substance, bloody, bloody, blah. blah, blah. And I admired so much um, big shout outs to the Drowned in Sound review yes. and the Quietus review. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Kakani, formerly of Kerrang and Metalhammer, did oh, the Drowned oh. in Sound review, which. I oh, wasn't it. I thought it was John. Uh, John. Right. Uh, John Calvert. It was John Calvert who did Drowned in Sound. Okay. Okay. Yes. So it would have been the. Yeah. Sorry. It was a Quietus. You're quite right. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yes, you're right. I got that mixed up. Neil Kakani in the Quietus. Uh, it features plenty of zingers, but yeah. I have to say nothing is quite as on the line. I've actually taken a bit from it. I'm going to read it now. If you don't yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. Pity please. the enemy, so young and yet soon confronting the limits of their dunderheaded imag- imaginations. Warner Bros have pulled out now, and this comeback record is make or break. But from the off, bands like The Enemy made a fatal mistake, have a fundamental misunderstanding of what music is, what makes music great. This generation of lad rock wannabes have all the fatal flaw inherent in this sham masquerade. Music is muscle memory to them. The idea that if you do this to a guitar, if you do this to a bass, if you do this to a drum kit, all these things that you've seen others do, what will come out will be great, proper music. It's... So perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I won't do all of it because I think you should go and read these reviews anyway. But the first line of the Drowned in Sound review is the unmusic, the abyss staring back, yeah. <laughs> which I think is perfect. Yeah. Um, these reviews are just wonderful. They're absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, really, really admired them because writing about boring music, I find extraordinarily difficult. So mm. for them to write these two brilliant essays on one of the uh, an incredibly bland record i mm. thought was astonishing so hats off to them um but now I, you have to talk about yeah uh, <laughs> i found it's one record. positive review the, the, really okay what was that uh, <laughs> um uh it was by a writer called alan paul uh it was courtesy of local newspaper coventry live uh, <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> the band are from Coventry. Mm. Um, just uh, in, and in a review that was littered with errors, uh, Alan Paul begins the review by calling other critics lazy souls. So, you know, bit of a chip on his shoulder to begin with. He says that Streets in the Sky is the trio's strongest collection to date. Um, I just wanted to know what you thought of this. Uh, Clark has matured into a Premier League singer guitarist. If you really must, you can pinpoint echoes of Jarvis Cocker, Paul Weller. Even Fergal Sharkey, perhaps. And there are certain times when you could swear that the great Steve Marriott has been reincarnated with a Midlands twang, but at the end of the day, he's very much his own man, and the enemy, of course, are anything but a one-man band. As with all bass players, Andy Hopkins' contribution is largely subliminal. What? 
Anno. Uh, but feel that rhythmic power reverberating through the frame of a 10-year-old golf and you'll be in no doubt about his ability. I don't know what any of that means. To no, me. I don't know what it means. Liam Watts is nothing short of phenomenal. This is the drama. Oh. He still looks like an undernourished fifth form art student, but a hod carrier in a perfect, particularly aggressive mood could hardly give the drums a more ferocious battering. <laughs> I mean, I just like it is like he listened to a totally different record. Um, I mean, okay. I don't know what to say about his album. It's boring. It's boring. Now, yeah. so the reason I bought this in, I thought I want to get something which is really bad to bring in. Yeah. And I actually Googled a li- like the worst albums ever. And this one popped up. And because, you know, I've got that first enemy record, right? And I thought, it's not really very good. Mm. But, I mean, this is cr- this is crap, definitely. Like, it's definitely crap on mm. this. Um, but worse than the Kooks? The Fratellis? Jet? I'm actually... Razorlight? I'm actually... Frey, mm. The Pigeon Detectives? Really? I'm really not glad... me. I'm really glad you said this because... I, you know, I, I, I can't see any particular merit in this record, but fourth worst album on the aggregate website that you mentioned, I was kind of, I was really, I was expecting to listen to something embarrassing or um, completely, um, I don't know, un-PC or something. I was, I was expecting a car crash and all I got was something incredibly boring. Yeah. And I've heard loads of boring records mm. over the years and this is no worse than a lot of boring records that i've heard i i want to make it very clear that i am not recommending it no. but but you know it's a it's a two out of five but at least there's a two there you know i, I think I, I don't know why i'd give it a two, well, why give it a two? <laughs> <laughs> it's a look 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 it's a one out of five it's a bad record this it's a bad yeah, record. Yeah. It's a bad record. It's boring. Yeah. The, the only things you can remember are, are like Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's football charm crap. Right? Yeah. It's crap. This is yeah. a crap record. It's, yeah. it's not good. Um, the enemy have been better, have definitely been better than this before. Again, I am not going to sit here and go, well, you know, not this one, but do go and listen to We'll Live and Die in These Towns. I think We'll Live and Die in These Towns is, that's more like, that's more of a sort of, five out of ten where right. you know, there's a couple of all right songs on that but they're not i'm not mm. i'm not ever gonna go and well, i saw the enemy for free and just stood there and went oh, i think i know this one and that was mm. it right mm. and they're pretty boring right it's boring but it doesn't enrage me in the same way no. as those bands that i just mentioned the kooks for tellies razor light the fray the pigeon detectives the fucking you know uh, uh jet mm. that shit it, it doesn't enrage me in it doesn't enrage me at all this album i right. just find it really boring um they also i think it was around this time or maybe about a year before got mugged off on stage um uh tom clark their lead singer did got mugged off on stage at the enemy and awards from the bloke from the horror right right some fucking art school prick in an equally bland and bad band giving them shit for like basically their kind of working class shtick right. now the enemy have said some pretty silly things about how oh you know people didn't get us because we were too political previously yes uh, the, and you know and that, we're yeah. the sound of you know real music and all that kind yeah. of naff crap yes but you know i'm not sticking up for this album it's really bad but then all that stuff's bad yeah yeah, and some yeah, of yeah it is much much worse i think what this is is snobbery from the fact that they are very keen to play up their working class background 
And I also think it's down to timing. I, I, uh, for me, it's primarily the latter. Yeah. Yeah. I think the timing yeah. is somebody needed to put a stake through the heart yeah. of this stuff in 2012. I think this is the point where the camel's broke, uh, back broke. You yeah. know, I think this is the point where it's just like, where they were just like, enough of this bullshit. I mean, if you think about it, this is 2012, right? Yeah. So when did that music start coming into prominence? It was probably around 2004. Oh, early 2000- yeah. I would say it's, you know, it's, you know, post Oasis, it's massive, right? Yeah. It's basically been a, a sort of steady stream of getting shitter and shitter and shitter from oasis there were sort of a few peaks where the strokes or the white stripes came along and i know those bands are very different to like british brit pop bands but oasis became ocean color scene became travis became coldplay became fucking embrace became a couple of all right bands like suddenly off the back of the fact that lcd sound system and the you know the interpol and the strokes happened Long party you got Block Party. You got the first Max. I'll give you the first Maximo Park album. Editors, yeah, editors, Art yeah. Brute. Mm-hmm. You know there were some, which again, you know, are, are much more kind of artsy bands. Yep. Even the first Kasabian album is good. Okay. You know, the first Kasabian album is good. Um, and then that's when it started to be every terrible fucking thing that you know. Stereophonics, who again, stereo, first couple of Stereophonics albums, yeah, all right. This first two, first I, I, I really good. like the first yeah. two, yeah. yeah. And then everything after that is Bland slowly and getting blander and crapper and worse, and blah, 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 blah. and it is just you know, by the time you get to, I'd say, by the time you get to 2006, it's fucking over, yeah. Like, this is awful, but it didn't go away, but it didn't go away, yeah, yeah. Like, it was still, was you know, the, the in betweeners soundtrack, wasn't it? It was yeah, still, like, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean. You have theorised in the past about Linkin Park being the um, re- the split, the split yeah. in uh, uh, metal. metal, yeah, and kind of well, give me your thesis really well, quickly. Well, essentially, hybrid theory came out and brought in loads of people who didn't really like metal, yeah, and made people who really did like metal but kind of were willing to put up with corn oh. go. Well, now nah, fuck this, no. You're either Saxon or you're not metal. And all these other people going, no, no, it's all right. young guns are metal. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, and those two yeah. people can never get on. And you've sort of um, already made this, without explicitly saying it, made this connection. But isn't this Oasis's fault? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not Blur's fault, is it? Certainly not Blur's it's not fault. Not no. fault. But that kind of like. That attitude towards shit lyricism and just like, oh, a song doesn't have to mean anything and all that kind of thing. I do think it worked to an extent for Oasis, but yeah. unfortunately it was then kind of taken on by a lot of these. But I mean, you know, the enemy can claim... You can only do that for so long. Exactly. The enemy can claim they're political all they fucking want, but no, they're fucking not. This is yeah. rubbish. There's no substance to it whatsoever. Yeah. Um and uh yeah i I just made as i was listening to this wasn't the worst experience in my life certainly was far from the best but it was just completely for 40 minutes Mm -hmm. but um i was just sat there going this is oasis's fault 
it's their fucking fault. I mean, it's definitely Oasis' fault. And I think as much as anything, it's kind of Oasis, the attitude that it's not even Oasis music. I mean, a, like a, a lot of it is Oasis musically their fault. I mean, what Oasis do is, I think one of the things I said when I talked to people about doing stand-up comedy is that I think the problem where I, when I was doing stand-up is people would suddenly see Russell Howard or Lee Mack on telly and go, he's just walked up and it looks like he's just talking and he's really funny and everyone loves it. Oh, that looks really easy. I can do that. Well, you can't actually. Yeah. You yeah. actually can't do that. It takes you fucking 10, 15 years to be able to even learn how to kind of be able to look natural on stage, let alone get the cane. You know what I mean? That They make it look really easy, but it's actually yeah. really, really fucking difficult. That's actually the genius of those Yeah, comedians. that is the genius. Yeah. People yeah. who don't think who don't re- go, wow, what a genius, to, but how hard that must be to make that look so easy. Mm. People just go, that looks easy. Even, I mean, I, I, you might throw something at me, but even Michael McIntyre is... And, mate, I've said, I've been on, I've gone on record before. I did gigs with Michael McIntyre in pubs right. back in the day, for like 15 years ago. <clears> and <throat> I've seen Michael McIntyre be in compare gigs where he would do 20 minutes between the acts off the top of his head and it was just impossible for someone to go on after him impossible yeah because no one wanted to watch him though he was he was fucking phenomenal yeah but you don't you know you don't you don't see that on telly yeah and it looks really oh he's just come on he's just wobbled his head and gone you see these people these people um and that's it um yes we've got a man draw yes yes and people go Oh, I can do that. I can talk about the things in my house and wobble my head in the posh voice and sort of skip around. It's really um, difficult to come up with it. I know we're going on a tangent here, but it's really difficult to come up with a um, comedy routine about seatbelts, though, for example. Something as, as mundane as that. Like, yeah. it's, it is, yeah. I, yeah. I don't love my And the people could, like, you know, and obviously Noel Gallagher for a while was a really, really great songwriting absolutely right really really brilliant songs so her. oasis is the Mac- michael mcintyre of the indie world yeah 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 i, I think i that's don't a, think that's a, a no i think that's a great show like bad thing to say because you know no, no, o- oasis you know their, their last few records i'm sorry she tweeted me there about even chemistry like i said that <laughs> the drive-in relationship commands my favorite album and he went well i haven't even heard even even chemistry properly well i have um, and it's <laughs> atrocious but you know, yes, a whole generation of people going, I have the right haircut and I wear the right clothes and I walk around with a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I stand stock still looking moody um, and I play. <laughs> with my hands behind Gib- the back. Yeah, with a Gibson, playing a strumming on the Gibson and going on about how much I like the Beatles, like, mm. and Paul Weller. I'm, I'm one of the, I'm a proper band. Mm. Nah. Nope. Nah. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is rubbish. It's fucking rubbish. But, my God, it isn't, you know, you're right. It's the straw that broke the camel's back is what it is. It's not the worst record by one of the, it's not even the, probably not even the worst record that came out from this type of thing that year. No, probably isn't. I mean, I don't want to find out what was, no. but, but no, it probably isn't. And, 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 but it, yeah, yeah. I think it was just the moment where critics in particular went, please stop this fucking nonsense i can't take any more and actually those the, the drowned in sound and quietest review drowned in sound review particularly does read like a man who snapped yeah. <laughs> and can't like it is brilliant one I, of the comments i mean most of the comments are like haha great and yeah this is brilliant but i did see one of the comments on the nil kakani quietest review that just said um uh ear, ear mate you sound well jealous the enemy of bank R, R, letter R, 
are banging with no G on the end. Right. And that was his sort of comeback. You're jealous. I listen Jealous to- of what? <laughs> I listened to this on YouTube. Um and uh, it was quite startling the amount of comments which were like, "Ah, oh, this tune's banging and all that sort of stuff. And it's just like, you, you're illiterate and you can't spell and you're rubbish. Mm. Football. Music for illiterate people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. So if you music like Michael McIntyre and Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> it's, it's been said before, but music for people who don't like music. That's what it is, yeah, isn't yeah, it? But yeah. All right, so... There you go. That was Renfrey and I chatting about the enemy streets in the sky back on a previous Riot Act podcast, which inspired the idea for Broken Records. So basically next week, you didn't get to hear what we went on to do and how it evolved. But basically what happened is we decided to put this idea together. We got a load of records that, you know, as explained at the start, had various bad reputations and we put them all into a hat which I have right near me, actually. It's a hat that Renfrey gave me. It's a kind of fedora. It is a fedora. Apparently, it's quite an expensive fedora. It was given to me um, as a gift, but it's now just become what we've lovingly called the hat full of shit, Uh, which probably Yes, I named it the hat full of shit after the Mm. agrophobic nosebleed song of the same name. Mm. Um, Mm. I mean, you say that if the hat's expensive, it's probably worth more money now because it's notorious, isn't it, Renfrey? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. It's got a notorious reputation. Well, it has a curse, Um, doesn't it? It is cursed, that hat. It is, and it's (laughs) full of little bits of paper with all of the albums, the many, many albums that we have decided Mm. to, to... to sort of focus on on the show are in that hat the hat full of shit and basically when we decided to do this one week we picked out our next album which is the album that we'll be doing next week and i can tell you since you didn't get to hear it at the end of this episode that we did pick out first of all graveyard classics volume two by six feet under so episode two of broken records will be on six feet under and their acdc tribute album which is all I'm going to reveal to you. Bringing back some memories for me, Renfrey, because obviously quite a while ago since we actually recorded that episode. But yes, an interesting chat. So enjoy that. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. I'm feeling, a stabbing, in, I'm feeling a stabbing in my head suddenly <laughs> as soon as you mentioned that. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not the best, that album. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week chatting about Six Feet Unders, Graveyard Classics Volume 2. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Do check out all of the things. Go over to patreon.com forward slash riot podcast you can hear us being nice about something as well if you want um thanks for listening